Today on the Word Preacher Podcast, John the Baptist reveals a more demanding God than some prefer, Jesus insists on obeying all of the commandments, and the power of Jesus Christ is made manifest. I'm Brett Jensen. This is the Word Preacher Podcast. All right. Uh, This week in our Come Follow Me studies, uh, the curriculum directs us to Matthew 3, Mark 1, and Luke 3. We're excited to uh, dig a little bit deeper into what John the Baptist taught. Um, In Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, it sums up his message, I think, very concisely. And uh, it's really the same message that prophets have always given. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This was his message and everything that he taught. It was a motivation that he hoped to instill in all of the people who heard him, that they would change their lives and prepare for God to appear. It was particularly important for John the Baptist because the Son of God was literally about to appear. Uh, Of course, we already talked a little bit in John 1 about the scribes and Pharisees asking for um, his identification. It's again affirmed in uh, this week's reading in Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, Mark 1, verse 3, Luke 3, verse 4, that uh, he is fulfilling the words of the prophet Isaiah to prepare the way of the Lord and make his paths straight. Um, kind of a unique uh, description of, of what we're doing. What, what would it mean to make his paths straight? One of the things that uh, we get from the next verse in Luke, Luke chapter 3, verse 5, is a description of how the valleys will be filled and mountains and hills brought low. So literally, the imagery of reshaping landscape, we are preparing for the coming of the Lord by getting rid of these obstructions in the landscape. We are going to make his way easier, uh, more careful to travel. You could imagine like uh, engineers uh, digging out a chunk of land or using dynamite to clear out an area that uh, would make train tracks or a highway um, too steep or um, or not passable. They're preparing the way so that he can come and that his message can be brought. Uh, this idea of drastic landscape alteration, making straight his paths, is the opposite of the sentiment that we see in some people who declare, God loves you as you are. There's nothing wrong with with that. God does love us as we are, but that was never the point. If God loved us for who we are and that was good enough, we would not have come to earth in a situation where we suffer all sorts of 
uh, difficult circumstances through mortality, death, disease, illness, fatigue, hunger, thirst, all of those things could have been avoided if we were okay as we are. Now, the message of John the Baptist is you need to be better. You need to be much better. Um, this is something that uh, I think is is really profound in uh, the teachings of Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. In April 2014, uh, he gave a talk entitled The Cost and Blessings of Discipleship, uh, and I will quote him uh, for, for a part of this. He says, Sadly enough, my young friends, it is a characteristic of our age that if people want any gods at all, they want them to be gods who do not demand much, comfortable gods, smooth gods, who not only don't rock the boat, but don't even row it, gods who pat us on the head, make us giggle, then tell us to run along and pick marigolds. I think that's really true. A prophet's job is to make people feel uncomfortable, to bring the message that you're not good enough as you are. You need to be more like Jesus Christ. It's a message everyone needs. That doesn't mean to feel depressed and feel like you can never get there. That would obviously be counterproductive. It should be a positive message. You can get there. The gospel will bring good news. That's the message that Jesus would be about to bring, that he is making it possible. He'll take care of your imperfections if you go to him and believe and do your best to follow. If you can change from the kind of person you are into the kind of person who will follow God, uh, that makes a huge difference. We can see the impact of the difference in preparation um, if we consider uh, how the teaching of John the Baptist was applied generally in the old world and contrast that with how the attitudes of uh, faithful individuals who, who were God-fearing in the Book of Mormon um, existed. Now, of course, in the old world, there were a lot of people that clung to traditions and did not understand them. Jesus had to spend a large amount of time trying to clear up a lot of the problems that had been introduced by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes who may have even begun uh, doing what they did meaning well. Some of them were good people but they missed the mark, the point of what Moses had brought. It was to prepare them for Jesus. Uh, and if you contrast that from Alma's uh, uh, record in the book of Alma, chapter 25, uh, we have this description about how things were in the book of Mormon. And then we'll talk about the difference of the result. Uh, this, is, this is what's in the book of Mormon. Yea, and they did keep the law of Moses, for it was expedient that they should keep the law of Moses as yet, for it was not all fulfilled. But notwithstanding the law of Moses, they did look forward to the coming of Christ, considering that the law of Moses was a type 
of his coming and believing that they must keep those outward performances until the time that he should be revealed unto him. The result in the new world, after Jesus Christ had brought his teachings, the apostles tried so hard to keep things together. They tried so hard to uh, prevent the effects of apostasy. And if you contrast that with what happened, at least for the first century, after the teachings of Christ in the New World, they lived it. They were prepared. When he came and gave them the law, they accepted it. And they had a utopia, the likes of which may never have been seen on earth, except in perhaps uh, Enoch's Zion. Uh, just an incredible society free of poverty and division and filled with happiness. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And it came from this idea that John the Baptist was coming, making straight the way of the Lord. Certainly, as we prepare for the second coming, this is something that we ought to keep in mind. How can we make his path straight? How can we be prepared? All right, let's go into another uh, piece of John the Baptist's teaching. Um, one of the other things he quickly added was that, uh, uh, in addition to requiring repentance, he warned Think not to say within yourselves, we be Abraham's seed. Verily I say unto you, God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Um, now you could read that and say, well, obviously this is uh, preparing for Christ. That means all the old stuff is fulfilled. The Abrahamic covenant doesn't matter anymore, right? They're going to have a big uh, issue later in the New Testament where they talk about circumcision and uh, uh, many of the other performances, uh, animal sacrifice, a lot of these things that were just vital to the law of Moses being kind of thrown out. And so you could look at what John the Baptist is preaching and say, well, maybe it doesn't matter. But that's not true. Of course it matters. What the emphasis that John is making is, is that no one's place is guaranteed. Um, it's possible for other people to be brought into the, the Abrahamic covenant to receive of those promises. Adoption into the covenant by means of conversion, uh, vital to him keeping his covenants. Additionally, those who are already in it are capable of removing themselves. God is not going to force someone into heaven because of their ancestry. No, you are perfectly capable of taking yourself out if you so choose. And apostasy is the means by which people exclude themselves from the promises that God swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, it was always dependent on obedience individually. And there might be advantages that people had being born in that covenant, but uh, those advantages never uh, represented guarantees. Uh, Jesus himself um, 
in uh, in John chapter eight would later be uh, attacked, uh, intellectually attacked later physically, but at this point intellectually attacked by people who didn't like his message, and they declared that you know they were Abraham's children. And Jesus said in response to them in John chapter 8, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. This is vital to understanding the idea that John is teaching, that uh, our place in, in Abraham's posterity in inheriting from that covenant, it's conditional on our own individual actions, not our heritage. That's not to say that heritage is unimportant, but far more important, men will be punished for their own sins and not rewarded or punished for those of them that went before. Um, Ultimately, we would hope that heritage inspires those who have access to it to uh, have a motivating force that drives them to look to the examples in the scriptures like Nephi did, uh, looking back to Moses crossing the Red Sea. Um, but it's perfectly possible to be like Laman and Lemuel and cut oneself off from the presence of the Lord. Ultimately, uh, the next point that John the Baptist makes in uh, Matthew chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, uh, he talks about the axe being laid to the root of the trees, and that his a fan is in his hand, and he will use it to thoroughly purge his floor and burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. Uh, those are kind of vivid metaphors. When we think of an axe being laid to the tree, it's it's go time. His fan is in his hand. So those that are just like hanging out, who are for social reasons a part of his kingdom, are probably not going to last. He is literally going to what a person would do with a fan. They would wave that to get rid of all the the chaff, the little bits of, of grain and, and uh, casing and plant that were left over and not worth anything or doing anything important that would not serve him. And he would blow those out with the fan. Um, so we should think of these as, as temporal motivators. This is time-based. The time is coming when it will no longer be enough to just attend church, to hang out with good people. It's time to repent, and that time is now. The kingdom of God is at hand. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, he then gets into like the core of his title, baptism. And then they asked him, you know, why he did baptize. Then there's a little more insight we get with the reading uh, in Matthew chapter 3, verse 8. He describes uh, that there are requirements to baptism that people should bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. That there are even requirements to repentance. There are prerequisites. And that baptism is a part of this repentance. It should be 
kind of towards the end step. We show other signs of faith and penitence, and then we receive baptism for a remission of sins, uh, as it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 4. So it's a process where we offer something to God. These are signs that we give. When a person is baptized, they are expressing to God a desire to be clean, a belief that God is able to forgive if we change and follow him, putting away our old selves and coming up a new person, a new clean person, that he can help us to be better, to be different. And finally, seeking a priest. These people went to John to be baptized. They went to this priest. And that represents, of course, priesthood acting in the name of God should symbolize for those receiving the ordinance the act of going to God, the idea of seeking him. And we are rewarded in assistance in this process by which we become better people. Really, a beautiful ordinance, baptism. Uh, beautiful enough that Jesus himself went to do it. Now, obviously, he did not need to be baptized for the remission of sins. Jesus didn't have those. Uh, he explains that he went to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, that's in Matthew's account, suffer it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Um, and uh, he, uh, he didn't exclude himself just because he had no sins, uh, but baptism also is a sign of obedience, that I'm willing uh, to, to put away everything that I have been and start as a new person who is dedicated to following God. And I think it's no coincidence that about at this time, at age 30, we learn from Luke's account, Luke chapter 3, verse 23, he begins to spread his message as kind of a full-time thing. His ministry truly begins. Um, and this is where the power of Jesus Christ begins to be manifest. Mark uh, is a gospel that is very eager to showcase that Jesus was not like other people, and that there's a reason people were drawn to him besides just his teaching techniques. Uh, in verse 23 of Mark chapter 1, he describes a man with an unclean spirit uh, that he encounters after teaching at a synagogue. Uh, and this, the unclean spirit causes this man to say, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. Um, and that's in verse 24. Jesus casts him out. And everyone who sees this is amazed. You know, the, this unclean spirit obeys him. He just tell, told him what to do, and that was it. Absolutely amazing. Simon, Simon Peter, uh, his mother-in-law, uh, had a fever, and Jesus comes to her, takes her by the hand, and uh, lifts her up immediately. Immediately, she is made whole, and she ministers to everyone there. Additionally, crowds begin to appear. 
Uh, There are those who are diseased or possessed. And in Mark chapter 1, verse 34, he explains, He healed many that were sick of diverse diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. So he's kind of, even though he's able to do this and he's showing compassion, he realizes that the popularity is going to come with a price. He knows exactly what's coming. Um, And it's typified in the next story that Mark tells, uh, a leper that uh, comes to him, falls on his knees, and says, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Beautiful belief before Jesus has done anything. He believes in the power of Jesus to do this. And Jesus has compassion and says, I will be thou clean. And, of course, he becomes clean. He's free of the, the disease of leprosy. Um, and, and that's something that we can contrast, the compassion that Jesus shows for someone who believes in him first, as opposed to the uh, restraint that he displays to those who demand that he show proof. And I think that's typical. It's our responsibility to show him the sign, not his to show us. If you want to believe he is there, there are promises. Listen to the witnesses, study the scriptures, follow the prophets, and you will find them. But ultimately, it is an individual desire to uh, accept Jesus, to go to him first. And then once we have gone to him, he can help us with many, many things. Of course, Jesus tells this leper who he has healed that he can show himself to the priests, as was required by the law of Moses, but not to tell anyone else. He threw that counsel out the window, and Mark tells us he published it much, and it became to the point where he could no longer teach in public. He had to go out into the wilderness because he was just always surrounded by people. I think that all of these things give us important insight. Faith and repentance are the prerequisites for many great blessings. And Jesus, who actually had a good excuse to not have to worry about some of these elementary aspects of the gospel, uh, he insisted on doing exactly what God required of people. He insisted on obedience. Uh, And, of course, finally, God is compassionate. He is compassionate. He knows what people are suffering, and he wants to help us. But the point of life is more about these elementary things that John the Baptist spent so much of his time preaching, faith and penitence. And then we will see the compassion of God. All right. Uh, Next week, we will be looking at um, Matthew chapter 4 and Luke 4 and 5. Please keep up with your Come Follow Me study, uh, reading in the New Testament. Uh, I appreciate all those who have been supportive of this project and this podcast. I encourage you to continue to follow the examples that we are seeing as we are studying the New Testament. And as always, fight on. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.